had uh, massive 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 audio issues so hopefully this is 15 minutes of pain for me the microphone's been fuzzy so do holler if the microphone is fuzzy i think i can hear a low fuzz now but for me that's like fine but i'll wait and see what it's like for what everyone else says it's better than the fuzz was like the fuzz was bad <laughs> like bad bad like really loud normally just a disconnection of e-connection works but not today. 15 minutes of pain. Right, so we get on with the show, everybody. Again, hollow if the fuzz is bad, but for me, it's low. So I, I can hear it, but it doesn't mean... I'm drawing attention to it. How about... <laughs> let's move on. Uh, hello and welcome to the uh, Wrestling Headlines NXT Review. My name is Matt Mayer, a.k.a. Imp, and we are live here on YouTube and also available in podcast form. Links in the description or head over to WrestlingHeadlines.net for your latest wrestling news. NXT! A nice little bright spark with Kevin Owens on commentary to give it a different spice of life and references back to NXT's past, obviously, which is nice with Finn Balor's return and Reign as NXT champion. And it's War Games! Kevin Owens returned at last War Games and he made sure to just remind us all of that. But on this episode of NXT, we had heel turns, we had returns, and we had... War games stuff. <laughs> How do I limit that down to kind of squish it down to what happened? But yeah, lots of matches set up for war games. So quite a bit to get through, but also it's it's a lot to get through, but not a lot not in terms of depth. As if I can just I can just go. This was set up onto the next thing. Type so like I've only got one and a half thousand words, and that's like a thousand words less than normal. <laughs> just as a nice little sign. But also audio issues took so long. I'm gonna take a victory sip out of my new day mug. Oh, lovely. Right, let's get on with it. Hopefully that's not set the uh, microphone up to be super fuzzy. It sounds fine to me now. Audio sounds fine. It sounds like crystal clear. Good God, the pay. Seriously, it's like the recording. For- I was recording from the moon in the 1960s. Just fuzz. <laughs> it's constantly. So uh, anyway, so Candice LeRae with Indy Hartwell versus Ember Moon opened up the show, and uh, Ember Moon with a string of these damn great openers. Like to be fair. With a division as strong as NXT women's division right now, like, is it even possible for any pairing to be bad? Like, I swear, I'm writing this stuff, like, sort of, like, phrasing sentences like this, like, every single week right now. Like, even when an episode isn't amazing per se, the women's division stands out. Moon and LaVey with yet another bloody solid telly match. Uh, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez reacting from ringside as both lasses take their turns. In the end, Ember bested Candice, making sure she was down with a series of suplexes and climbing to the top for the Eclipse. But Kai Gonzalez jumps onto the apron, enough of a distraction for Indy Hartwell to run in and push her mentor out of the way, taking the Eclipse bullet for the team, which she sold fantastically later with a neck brace and Candice LeRae like gingerly walking her to the car as Johnny Gargano brings the car around the front. <laughs> just, yeah, attention to detail. Uh, one li- I say attention to detail, there's one little gripe. Where on commentary they had Beth Phoenix like, well, I don't really know what the relationship is quite now. Maybe it's a bit of manipulation from Candice. And I was like, wait, but the way that the ghost thing played out in the first place, they didn't know. And Candice delivered the TV to their house to get their attention. So suddenly, oh, well, if this ends up somewhere else, I'm a little bit sad because normally NXT is great with this stuff. And from the starting point to the near the end point, it all links together. It's all nice and good. But... If it is manipulation and they're pushing Candice that way, that means what started 
there wasn't a solid plan. And that's not very NXT. <laughs> that's main roster, and that's my worry of those little things dripping in. Uh, we've got a few other main roster ticks as well. And it's, it's happened before in NXT, but it's because it's happened with pairings of other things where I'm like, that's a main roster trope, but I don't like that. So they've sprinkled in a bit. So uh, maybe it's just, it's just trying to make it exciting for TV. They fall back into their tropes for, by accident. Uh, I'll get to them when I get to them. But this opening match was fantastic. I skipped over some of the like, main action in it, but the match itself was really, really solid, as you would expect from Ember Moon and Candice Ray. And the ending was all about setting up war games as afterwards with Kai, with Kai, Kai Gonzalez, yeah, Kai Gonzalez, Indy Hartwell and Candice Ray, a four-woman beatdown ensued on Ember Moon. Ember escaped to the ramp when a friend made her way down for the aid. It was Tony Storm, amping up her girl to run at them together, charging to the ring, and Tony dragged Ember back out to deliver a forearm to the face. Tony Storm turns heel as the final member of the baddie team for war games. And it was, uh, yeah, it was set up later in the show. Got a promo with uh, the, all of the girls there. And it was like, do you want to be a Survive Series? Yes, yeah, so, so Survive Series. <laughs> so many teams to do with that this week. Do you want to be a War Games team? Do you want to be a War Games team? Yeah, let's be, uh, yeah, let's be a War Games team. Yeah, we're a War Games team. Yeah, War Games. So, yeah, I think I pretty much nailed the repetition of that segment. But yes, War Games are all set up. And of course, they'll be taking on Team... I don't know if it's going to be Team Blackheart. I'm assuming so. They targeted Ripley later in the show. And, and they got a promo from Shotzi repairing her tank after being targeted by Candice. And also the beat up Ember Moon here. That's three of the four members officially confirmed. I swear to God, I'm forgetting the fourth. And I feel like we've already seen them either beat them down or that person be like prevalent and about. But I'm just drawing a complete blank. Like personally, wouldn't it, would it be the end of the world if it was Mercedes Martinez returning? If, unless it's... It's just blatant. I've just completely forgotten who it is. That's what it's later. Uh, but yeah, so that was War Games Part 1. I'll go to the other side of War Games. So that's what's being set up on the women. On the men's side, we got Undisputed Era returning and we got the main event match to determine which team would have the advantage at War Games. It's always the heel team. It's always the heel team. However, the twist is Undisputed Era were always that team. Now they're the baby faces, so even though it's like, oh, the heels always won. But that meant Undisputed Era always won, and you could play off of that. Because now Undisputed Era are the faces, their time to lose. Uh, so, in, yeah, so technically, in kayfabe, they, Undisputed Era are the ones that always won and got the advantage, and this year they don't. So the ties are turned on them, even though it's 100% stuck with the heels getting the advantage. Uh, you always get it every year, there's like an exciting match to build up to it. And it's, the main event rocks when I, when I get to it, I'll just uh, talk on that, but... The uh, Undisputed Era's first promo since returning as 100% babyfaces. And remember, the very first week there was an inkling of something. I did the video, I sent it to James Boyd of One Nation Radio, and he was certain that you're just, you're just making crap up. <laughs> don't read too much into it. It's WWE still, don't forget. Uh, aha, I was right! <laughs> I was, I've already, to be fair, I had that ha about three months ago, <laughs> so no, I can't really rub it in anymore. But anyway, uh, Pat, Pat McAfee. Why can't I say Pat? Pat McAfee and his Murray men are in for a fight with a different Undisputed Era. This time, it's nothing to do with championships or glory. This time, they're fighting to drag the four of Pat's group through absolute hell. Yeah, and then the big face this time. Again, it's, uh, it's still the same technically dynamic, but because it's Undisputed Era, it's different for them. So, 
Yeah. Uh, Pete Dunne is set to face someone later in the show to determine which group has the entrance order advantage for war games. But who? Who? It's Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, but he's angry. So he's angry, Kyle O'Reilly. And he, put, he, does the, he does the mean, like, I'm angry. He did it more serious than that. <laughs> but that, that was essentially the... Uh, Point of the the uh, promo here. Uh, Once we near return, you're sh- we're showing them as these are like 100% the cool babyface group now, and you got Kyle O'Reilly going in the main event as well. Do we get a massive turn at the pay per view, or what takeover? I, got, I won't call it pay per view. Do we get a massive turn at takeover? I don't. I don't know. It wouldn't be a bad way to do it, but I also wouldn't have undisputed era split. Because I don't know if the group's going to go to the main roster and be a deal there, or if they just want one of them, or what. Uh, there's back and forth whether factions would be welcomed, like arriving as a faction rather than being set up as a faction on Raw or SmackDown, and you see them grow like the Hurt Business, for example, or they a little bit... Pref- um, there's a reason I'm not saying retribution. <laughs> they like the Hurt Business, or they find for them to arrive and cause hell. Uh, the only time they did was when it was Triple H controlling the ship on the SmackDown, and they gave a really big push to Undisputed Era. <sighs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've said it before, Undisputed Era... I'm fine for them to move on, like to the main roster, like whenever they're ready. <laughs> just, just yeah, whenever you're ready, guys. Anyway, Thatcher's students were all watching the Teddy Box in wait of the next upcoming matchup. It was Timothy Thatcher versus Kushida. Uh, Champa wandering out with a chair and placing his keister at the bottom of the ramp for a wee front row seat to the action. The two lads in the ring with a technical clinic for the man. Rolling through, countering in a contest of submissions. A, a nice little showcase for both. But eventually, Champa became the deciding factor after a legit mistake from Thatcher. At ringside, the teacher was way too focused on the former NXT champion and uppercut the ring post. The distraction was there, but it was Thatcher making his mistakes more than anything. Champa only really reacting to anything like right at the end. Uh, Thatcher fought out of Kushida's striking grasp for one second. And that's when Champa stood right up and threw the chair down with a bang, drawing Thatcher's attention and creating a slip of focus for Kushida to slip back in and wrench back the arm. At this time, there was no escape for Thatcher. And uh, he tapped out. And the commentary really putting that over as, uh, that's quite a big deal. Like, Kushida made Thatcher tap out. Tapping out in the ring whilst Kushida was on the ramp, telling the camera, maybe he has a problem with me now. Uh, and up he goes. He wasn't really angry or aggressive with it. It's like, yeah. I'm in control here. And that's interesting because the dynamic of those two were Thatcher. He is the one who asserts controls, control on his matches and he's teaching all of his students that this is how you assert your control and then he's, whenever they fight back, he's <laughs> aggressively taking it. But Champa is so much... I think the story is like Champa is so much higher in terms of a quality competitor that he can be really calm around Thatcher. It's like, no, I'm the one in control. And just to see... Thatcher possibly elevate kind of past his normal calmness. Uh, I'm quite interested. Setting up when they set up that kind of match, I was like, hmm, this is setting up really nicely to see Thatcher jump higher than he has done in NXT to come up to be the underdog against somebody like Champa, and for also to Champa to get quite a strong uh, kind of performance as well because Thatcher's a strong character if not like a strong booked guy. Uh, if that makes any sense, as in he's not. In, he's not in NXT Championship matches, but he has a, like an, a, an an authority of control about him, where he could slip into a title match at any point. Uh, so coming up against 
Champa, where he would lose that control. Yeah, all up for it. All up for that. It's being built nicely. Uh, Dunn, after this match, gave his thoughts on tonight. Tonight, he'll break their spirit. At War Games, they'll finish the job. Because they're villains. And villains talk like this. They're baddies. We'll do an angry look. Sniffing a cup of tea and definitely don't spill a bit on myself. <laughs> Just ignore me wiping my face. <laughs> uh, Kevin Owens show in NXT. That was nice. Also, this is you can kind of see why I was saying there's lots of little segments, but there's not a lot to them. So my complaint last week was it felt a bit raw-like where there were quite a number of segments and they went on for just enough amount of time to try and be significant themselves, but also still feel a bit like filler in a way. Whilst this week, no, there's, uh, it's just like one note. The note's delivered perfectly fine and it clearly builds to something and you're on to the next thing. So again, a lot of little segments, but they flew by, they blew by pretty quickly and then you get your more substantial stuff later. But Kevin Owens show. So this has obviously got a bit of comedy in it, so it's going to be subjective, entirely subjective. And I, I was fine with it, even though like some of it I thought, mm, it's a little bit awkward with the timing. However, it clearly leads to the next bit, so the bit afterwards doesn't make me laugh, at, laugh if the bit I found a bit awkward doesn't happen. That's happened before. I've talked to, uh, again, outside of this wrestling bubble, stand-up comedy's been a world of entered. But yeah, talked to some comedians where it's just like, this bit at the, at the end of my set is hilarious. Unfortunately, in order to get there, I have to do this shit bit that no one laughs at. <laughs> so it's all about trying to figure out how to get to the amazing bit whilst... But of course they hone that act over like months and months going uh, going around the circuit. So and by the time I've seen them on the telly or at the big shows or whatever, that is rehearsed to a T. Uh, they don't get the chance in NXT because after this, like, they don't get a, like rehearsal after rehearsal for this. Like they, Yeah, it's written, it's performed, done. Obviously they do a practice, but... Yeah, uh, so, uh, so yeah, the humor's going to fall off every now and then. It's not going to be exact. Uh, it's not going to hit all the time, and yeah, that's what this felt like. It felt like to get to the good bit, you had to go through the shit bit. <laughs> Cause, uh, and again, that happens to, like, that's, it's just a part of the comedy process, I guess, anyway. Sometimes it happens, unless you're an amazing writer. <laughs> so, uh, which we already know with WWE. Uh, it's wrestling. That the, the great comedy writers aren't in wrestling. <laughs> I think it's fair to say. Anyway, Kevin Owens brought out Leon Ruff for the Kevin Owens show, the new champion, to give him a, a mic piece. Uh, KO gave Leon the floor for his story. Like, how does it feel like... But how does it feel like? That's not good English. How does it feel to be the North American champion, kid? Uh, Leon, in his giddy celebration, he's, he's, he's jumping up and down a bit. It's, he, he seems to try... It's, it's like he's trying... One thing I kind of like is... Like he's trying to hold himself and be serious, but he gets excited and he comes across as a bit naive in that way. As in, he's trying to be one of them, whilst but he's clearly, you know, still giddy. He's like, just calm down, be alright. And that's why the character kind of works. Again, he's so new that he's building his character every single week. Of course, the big question is, will he exist after Gargano and Prita having their arc? I would like him to. <laughs> it's building relatively nicely. They're giving him some character here. Uh, but yes, but in his giddy celebration, Leon says Gargano's name and Ko just sighs at, uh, at the naivety of doing that. Like, come on, like, you say someone's name, they always show up. Like, look, it's music, it's going to hit any second. Three, two, one. Gargano's music hits. <laughs> there you go. Uh, apologies to uh, podcast listeners where... 
Hopefully you can hear my arm moving. <laughs> and you don't think that the uh, thing stopped. <laughs> I might have screwed some people over there. Uh, if I get some messages about it, uh, yeah, I'll know. Not, uh, that was a bit evil. Anyway, Gogano's music eventually hits. Timing felt off and awkward, but it set up the rest of the segment nicely. Because, of course, Kevin Owens is like, oh, it's, it is a bit different to the main roster. Because uh, Kevin Owens like, is from the main roster where the timing is so predictable you could count down to the beat when <laughs> it's going to happen. It's like a, a mini little piss take to how predictable these segments have become where you can beat for beat go, this is when, yeah, you, yep, it's going to happen. But Damien Priest is next after Gogano is running his mouth on Neon Ruff. He says Priest's name and uh, Kevin Owens is organising chairs. He, gra- he got a chair for Gorgano, just chucked it out of the ring. I don't want chairs! <laughs> he gets a second... Uh, Kevin Owens just immediately goes and gets a second chair. Gorgano's like, I said I didn't want a chair. He's like, ah, it's not, not for you. I've got a hunch. And that's when uh, Gorgano mentions... Uh, Martinez mentions Priest's name. And it's like... Uh, it's like KO again. It's like, oh, come on, he can't keep saying people's names. <laughs> Out comes Damien Priest, himself running Lyric. And of course, you know what's building ne- next to where Leon Ruff laid down the challenge to Regal. I thought that was enough to confirm it, but this was like a proper confirmation for it, where the three of them are arguing, and Kevin Owens is just like, oh. I mean, like, if this was on the main roster, like, Teddy Long would just come on down and make this triple threat. But it's a shame, like, NXT doesn't have somebody like that. Wink. It's, oh, that can't be where this segment is going. I mean, it held off long enough where, like, nothing did happen. And then Regal's music hits. <laughs> and again, the final joke hit for me. This is what, it's like the opposite of an SNL skit, where it was a bit uh, over the course of it, but then the final note really hit. <laughs> so, and you can't say that about most SNL skits, but yeah, the final note really hit. And uh, uh, yeah, so if Regal comes out, makes it a triple threat, I think he said for War Games, and everyone's like, hey, and applauding. And at the end of it, it just uh, said it'll be a triple threat at War Games. Player! <laughs> What's on the ramp? <laughs> I loved it. Yes, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, a nice little promo by the end of it. Again, the timing was WWE awkward with some of the comedy bits, but also the uh, the main point with Vinnie Regal at the end, yeah, got a great laugh out of me. It, that was timed perfectly, and it built to something. It was an actual skit that built to something. <laughs> How un WWE is that? Ah, oh, that's great. Uh, another sip of the tea. Ooh. Again, it's because I had 15 minutes of pain, and, of course, the week of a WWE... I don't know if... Um, like the uh, my American listeners will totally be aware of the pain. Well, if you're a New Japan fan, you definitely are. But like the week of a pay per view, like you can hear it in my voice, like it, uh, it goes, <laughs> it's it grinds you down slowly over time. And by Thursday, I need to be drinking water and tea pretty consistently. <laughs> so, ah, uh, yeah. I mean, playing Among Us probably doesn't help, but still, I yeah. Anyway, uh, Finn Balor is back to working Wednesdays and Shotzi's back in the garage working on her tank. We've got two little VTRs about them. Finn Balor with his, like, sitting on his chair with his hands and it's like, I'm going to cut a promo, uh, but I'm not going to do it in this, this accent because if Matt does an Irish accent, it's just offensive Irish. <laughs> uh, uh, leprechaun, if you will. Uh, but then uh, Shotzi Blackheart gets a really like, high-quality made uh, video package as well while her working on her tank in the garage. I thought it looked really cool. It was great. And kind of, this is what I applaud AW for, is doing a kind of promo which shows off their character and it builds to something either next week or it's like, I'm going to do this thing. It's like, you're telling the audience I will do this. It's just like not next week because they're clearly not in the arena. 
for me, for me, that works really well. I've, again, applaud AEW for it. NXT are doing the exact same thing, and the fact it was such high quality as well. So yeah, like this is great. Like main roster, just take a look at this. I mean, it, main roster does does good sometimes. Bianca Belair videos, those videos were great. I want to say something recent. Oh, well, Carmella, Carmella just didn't hit, but that's more about the gimmick, really. Like the presentation fit the gimmick. If any package is something they're normally good at. Uh, Cameron Grimes versus Jay Catless. A, uh, like, I don't often find the next team matches pretty nothing. But that's kind of what this was for me. A pretty like nothing little win for Grimes. Like Atlas got in his strikes, but the writing was on the wall after only Grimes got an entrance uh, for a non-announced match. Because of course, quite often in NXT, maybe because they're short for time in the TV era or whatever. But you'll get a match like Dakota Kai. Like for, I swear, last two matches. She's not had an entrance. She's just been there in the ring. But it was announced beforehand, so you don't expect there to be a job or anything. Here, unannounced, Grimes comes out. Oh, and Jack happens to be in the ring. So, okay, we know this setup. And, uh, yeah, the running crossbody backflip thing. I, I need to learn the name of that. Uh, I, I've been watching him since, like, PWG. I still don't know the name of <laughs> the running crossbody backflip thing. Anyway... It, it, then into the double stomp, whatever he calls that as well. For the win, I need to learn Grimes' moves. Uh, Grimes showing he can go in the ring before the comedy stuff kicks back in. Uh, Dexter, again, it gave him a place to be for Dexter Loomis to show up as well to do this next bit. Uh, Dexter Loomis turning up to spook him and he points to the Titantron for a wee comical recap like his cartoon drawing in tow. Uh, just a recap of the horror stuff as well. And Cameron Grimes running away scared. It was like, see Grimes run, see Grimes do this, see Grimes do that, and then the cartoon version pop up as well. And uh, that is when Dexter Loomis pulls out the strap, the leather strap. I'm gonna, gonna, uh, yeah, quantify that immediately. The leather strap <laughs> drapes it over the top rope, and uh, Grimes mimes to picking it up, and then just chucks it away at him. And she's like, no, no, I'm not gonna accept that, no, no, no. But immediately, know where that's going. And I'm quite happy when I woke up this morning, I didn't see any, uh, probably were people, but I didn't see, maybe again, it's just me, maybe I've kept my Twitter nice and clean, I've cleaned it up nicely maybe, but there, I didn't see anybody going, oh, good, oh it's because AEW just did that, NXT copying, lols, like, I didn't see anybody writing like that, <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's a good thing. It's like, yeah, they can do that, it's fine. It's clearly not going to be anything like. <laughs> it's in such a different context and the kind of performers and the kind of match it's going to be. Like, it, well, I would never compare the two. <laughs> it's just so ridiculously different. So yes, it is a leather strip match, but could they be any more opposite? So yeah. So yes, anyway, Dexter Loomis versus Cameron Grimes. I think it was at War Games as well. Uh, I, don't, I don't care about this really. I, think, I don't know if it is Dexter Loomis. But I, I kind of I like Grimes, but as a certain level performer and uh, with Dexter Lewis, uh, I, I've just not clicked, really, in a way. I, I feel like Dexter, Dexter Lewis gives me a little bit of Elias vibes, where he could do really well on the main roster. But in NXT, it's just not quite a gel that fits or sticks, because gel sticks more than fits. But yeah. Anyway, after the break, Grimes bumps into Regal, who just books the match for War Games. Uh, Cameron in protest, like, why do you hate me so much, Mr. Regal? Uh, I think it's your personality. <laughs> and he's off he goes. Uh, yes, uh, another... Regal had a great comedy night tonight. It's just, uh, normally he's just out there. Last week he's out there going, War Games! And then this week he's got two comedy bits. <laughs> so, ah, uh, yeah, Cameron Grimes put down. I do like the dynamic between Grimes and Regal. They've done that really well. Uh, anyway, Rhea Ripley 
Uh, she comes out for a wee promo for her future for NXT. Uh, she says she isn't going anywhere and tries to build up some of that promo hype bar when Candice LeRae cuts her off, joined by Tony Storm for our little lead to a certain War Games match. Uh, where are Kai and Gonzalez? Why? Waiting for their cue to carry out an out-cold Io Shirai, of course. Ah, knew it. <laughs> I knew I'd remember the fourth person. Is it just going to be Io Shirai? Or is this her taking out of War Games? I'd assume not. Io Shirai works as the fourth person. Uh, but if Io is out, and they're going with that, uh, then Mercedes Martinez. That'll be the one. Well, it's got history with Ripley, but I, I feel like it'd be a dynamic that would work. I can't think of anyone else, really. If it's not Io, because she's taken out, or it is Io because they took her out. <laughs> but if it's not Io, Mercedes. Uh, anyway, we'll see where it goes. I'm just assuming Io. Mercedes is a AFK. It has been for ages. Uh, MIA, sorry, to give it to the non-gamer people. Anyway, Ripley, ready to take them all on. Uh, but that may not be wise. Like, a nice try, but the numbers caught up with the Aussie as she was launched into the ring post inside the ring like, multiple times by Gonzalez. Candice's crew with a clear message for war games. And assumably we have our team. Uh, is it EO? Or is it Mercedes? I'm only saying Mercedes because she's been missing since Retribution stuff. And she's like, such a solid performer to just disappear. It's like, yeah, put her, put, just put her in war games. <laughs> but yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, yeah, I'll be down for that. Yeah, like her and Ripley have a competitive past. Yeah, 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 go for it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's EO. And I'm reading into nothing. So, like, there's been no hint of Mercedes. I'm just saying. <laughs> I like surprises. Give him surprises. Last year, the men got the surprise entrant. Just swap them round. Last year, the men got the surprise entrant and the women got the heel turn with Dakota Kai. That was, that's, that's not been a year yet <laughs> since that happened. Uh, 2020. But also, if you just swap it round. So, the women get the surprise entrant and the men get the heel turn. I, I've already said don't do a heel turn. <laughs> but still. Uh, anyway, after this, we got a bit... Like, finally, I can, I can applaud. So, uh, for weeks, I have been saying... Because I did get a question of what did I think of Xylee and Bo a couple of weeks ago. I forgot to mention it, and I, therefore I've forgotten who bloody sent it. But this is for you. Uh, so, I have been holding off my opinion on Xylee and Bo's stuff, just because it's clearly building to something, and we've got nothing to really base it off. So, whenever I brought it up on this show, I was just like, well... I don't know how people would review this and like give it a well. I think this is. I think it's this crap. Or I think it's this good. Like you've not been given anything. <laughs> it's still building to something. So for me, it's like it was. It was still neutral, just in that area, not moving anywhere. It's like well, you're clearly building to something, but it's so unclear what. Like when that thing happens, then yeah. And it wasn't show interfering either. It's just like a side little thing that was slowly building in the background. It's not like retribution. Retribution was front and center a major part and it seemed to be like a massive angle or storyline with them destroying the ring ropes or what have you and so therefore when you don't know what's going on but it's front and centre then you can give opinion for me that, that you got they've made they've so front and centre you gotta like you take stock in it but it's in the background so I was neutral with it this week a massive up I thought this was great you know, between this and the Shotzi Blackheart like, there were video, VTRs of such high production quality this week uh, I don't know if, if it kicked something up this week to uh, maybe try and be super competitive and just really up that quality. Or the other part of it is, of course, NXT is the testing ground for a lot of stuff. Is this what the main roster uh, VTRs on Backstage are eventually going to look like? Because it's quite movie-like. Anyway, Jaili and Bo with a pre-taped bit. Both looking rough. Not, neither of them with their telly makeup on. And in their sweatpants and half like they hadn't slept. Uh, driven to a garage place. Before the old man from last week or a couple of weeks ago 
marks them both in front of a hooded lass. <laughs> so, uh, the segment ending with a flash of her covered face, whoever she may be. Asian. I, I can't tell you any more. <laughs> it could be anybody. <laughs> I don't know. If WWE signed someone? I'm trying to think who it could be. Uh, I can't even remember who they've signed, and I want to say I saw... I want to say it was a Japanese star, though. And this is clearly like a Chinese story. Because Bo and Jai Li, Chinese. <laughs> They're the only two Chinese uh, competitive in, in NXT. So I'm assuming this third person's also Chinese. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, I really liked the production of this. And I was like, finally, this is going somewhere. And we're seeing it lead to an extra thing other than awkward. Uh, what's this? Oh, whoa, wow, that bad. <laughs> and off they go. Like... Last week got my interest a little bit. Just the way that they were doing it felt a little bit different. And this was like, oh no, this is like different, different. Getting close to Lucha Underground. Like, yeah, yes. I I like, I feel like I like where this is heading. I was really worried it was a Yakuza type thing. But now it's like, oh no, this is like, this is something. <laughs> we'll see where this goes. So yeah. But yeah, there's no better way to sum it up than the old man marked them in front of a hooded lass. <laughs> like what else am I meant to say? Uh, anyway, ever rise in the ring, and uh, no matter, uh, no matter, yeah, no matter what they do, they'll still be jobbers. <laughs> and no match ever happened though, as the grizzled young veterans returned, and I put them in the thumbnail. NXT UK dominating NXT this week, uh, getting there, lads. Uh, soon to be recognised as NXT's number one. Uh, all smart and dapper from Liverpool. <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. Uh, all, yeah, all smart and dapper in their suits, beating the lads up before putting their jackets back on. Yes, very, yes, very, very good. Awesome to see these guys return. The tag division has needed a boost of something, and these guys are so incredibly solid that, that for me, they're one of the best tag teams in the world. And for NXT to have them, it's a, yes, it's got some th something to it again because the tag division was a bit light, and with your, your veterans to give it so much depth, it's like a massive thumbs up for that. Uh, anyway, Candice LeRae. This was uh, the bit after that was when Candice and Johnny were escorting a neck brace wearing Indy uh, after the eclipse uh, onto Johnny's, uh, taking her to Johnny's car. Uh, the three driving off, but a wee little moment as there's a second ghost face in the car. Hmm, who'd that be? <laughs> and commentary noting it to like 100%, like make sure that we all picked up on it. It's like, oh my God, there's, there's a second person in that car. There's, there's two of them. It's like, oh, 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 wow, there's, there's two of them. And Kevin Owens kind of took the piss out of him. He's like, yeah, 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 probably keep an eye on that, yeah. <laughs> it's just, I mean, his reaction really made me laugh. Like, because, like, he's really trying to say it. It's like, oh, my God. It's like, oh, yeah, and Kevin Owens just gave him, just like, uh, yeah, I mean, he should probably, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, he, he should be keeping your eye on that sort of thing. <laughs> it was al almost like he didn't know what was going on, but he did. Uh, anyway, that, that made me laugh. Yeah, who is it? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, decent. De I'm interested to see what happens. Is Johnny going to directly win the North American Championship back because of Ghostface number four? And I even hit like, uh, last week on the show where I was just laying the point just that, oh yeah, with the with um, Halloween Havoc, there was somebody who came out and pushed over Damien Priest and then it, it was Indy Hartwell as we found out for In Kenneth Ray's match, but it looked like a different person in Johnny Organo's. So either they were just like, ah, we'll have somebody else do it so that yeah, it throws it up in the air who it could possibly be, or they each have one. So yeah, ghost face buddies. <laughs> ah, anyway, uh, all, I, all I would say is, uh, I'm trying to think who it could be. Because who's been off, Bronson Reed's been off TV. 
Uh, and he's also Australian. Is that enough? Is that enough? <laughs> Are they both going to be Australians? Is it Gargano and Candice taking in the Aussies and looking after them? Are they just like really kind to the international talent coming over? It's like, no, we'll we'll look after you. Yeah, it's nothing. They're not baddies. <laughs> uh, anyway, the main event was a ladder match between Roderick, Rod- Roderick Strong between Kyle O'Reilly and Pete Dunne, where the winners' team gets at the War Games advantage. Uh, both teams beforehand were chatting crap from the elevated platforms to the right of the ring opposite the entrance. A high view of this slugger of a ladder match. A fast, violent contest from the start. Both laying in stiff shots and launching each other all over ringside. Uh, I will just say we had what was pretty much a TLC match just two weeks ago at Halloween Havoc. So, or was it three weeks ago? I can't remember. Must be, must be three weeks ago. So this had a tad of my current main roster gripe of like, running too much of the similar in a short space of time. Uh, but, flipping hell, <laughs> this match, was like, first flipping hell, Pete Dunne shoving the ladder with no regard for a like, spinning Kyle O'Reilly. Like, it was almost as if the ladder dragon screwed him. <laughs> like, poor man. Like, Jesus, Pete. <laughs> uh, no fear. He got retribution later when he actually dragon screwed the Birmingham man. Take that, Peter. Well, what soon to come was something that led to the slightly bigger spot. A big old mighty suplex off the apron and through a ladder. So, oh, good God, again. <laughs> they really went at each other. And they were brawling all over ringside before either of those spots as well. So they really threw it at each other. A, uh, a, uh, da, da, da. I mean, yeah, bloody hell, these lads gave us one hell of a painful looking ladder match. Like, don't forget... We've got to actually be able to wrestle at war games, guys. <laughs> Incredible. O'Reilly wore down Dunn's leg. Enduring uh, the ladder probably didn't help. A uh, Another great spot with the two in a tug of war on either side of the ladder just pulling. And it goes, ah, oh, my face. <laughs> just pulling it back and forth. Uh, ending in Dunn pushing the ladder at Kyle, who just caught it and pushed it back right into the Brit's face. Uh, after that, we got a war atop the ladder, Dunn winning out, but maybe uh, to a massive detriment as Kyle O'Reilly tipped the ladder over and he went crashing down hard onto a corner-propped ladder. That was it for Dunn, as Kyle climbed up I and a masked feather ran down to tip over the ladder, who looked blatantly like Pat McAfee, <laughs> doing the cross chops and everything, and it was never confirmed, it went off air with Pete Dunn's music playing. Just That was a very Pat McAfee-looking man, because earlier in the show... They have purposely not mentioned this. Earlier in the show, they played a video package of Pat McAfee all celebrating. Uh, all, all be like, oh, we're going we're gonna to win this match. It's going to be awesome at War Games. And I'm not going to be there because it's Thanksgiving. But and he just believed him. He was very, very smart. And he just... I am just checking my audio. I thought it sounded a little bit weird. I think we're fine. But yeah, so... With uh, Pat McAfee earlier, just got that fate. Uh, he's like, yeah, he's an outside person, therefore it makes sense that he won't show up the odd week. And he used that against us. <laughs> so, again, playing the expectations of uh, what was to be expected of an outside kind of person in WWE, using it to his advantage. Oh, it's great stuff again for the Ma- McAfee and the gang. Oh, it's getting the job done, Bob the Builder. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so that was it. That was it for done. Not done, sorry, that was it for Kyle. Uh, the Undisputed Era man spilling to the outside and spinning over the top rope hard again. <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly, that, that man just does not fall off a ladder soundly. Uh, the bruiser weight climbed the ladder and our heels have the advantage at War Games. 
boo the baddies, but in the best way possible. Because <laughs> it was a great, it's a great match, and it sets it up nicely for war games. Anyway, that's the end of the show. Yeah. So again, really, it was a blast to this NXT review pretty quickly. There was a if it was like. Bullet point stuff setting up the next chapters, and we had a hell of a ladder match at the end of the show. Again, if you're somebody who picks the best matches from NXT or AW, go with the ladder match. <laughs> it was brutal. It was a fantastic example of like a NXT main event ladder match. Both men brought the physicality. Like they threw themselves at it as well. This it was the kind of match where you watch it go. You're trying to qualify for War Games. <laughs> it's going to be anything left. So yeah, massive, massive props. Uh, yeah, it was a solid episode of NXT. I saw like some really positive kind of uh, receptions to it. I thought it was fine and it built things up nicely. I had a lot. It's weird. I had a lot of positives from it, but it was again a similar feeling to the previous NXTs where it's still it's like placing building blocks and it's nothing for me absolutely exceptional, but it's all solid. So I get like, if I called this three stars out of five, I in no way mean it would be the same as a three star Raw or SmackDown show. Like, for me, this is, like, it's just, like, a whole upper echelon. So, I guess, like, if, if I rate Raw and SmackDown 1 to 5, then uh, NXT and AEW are 5 to 6 somewhere. So, this would be an 8, <laughs> I guess. Uh, yeah, a really, a really solid show. But, for me, the main event was awesome. And you got your surprise heel turn with Tony Storm. Again, lots of great moments. And it just suddenly built to the next thing. So, that's my review. <laughs> lots of little great moments that built to the thing. And... The main event was fantastic with the ladder match. Can't can't commend it anymore. Uh, really, really strong. And I've not watched NXT. Uh, no, I've watched NXT. I've not what what a, what a thing to drop at the end of this room. I've not watched AEW, so I don't know what happens over there. I see it all on Twitter because I've got to go on Twitter to promote and do stuff. But with AEW, I, I don't know what happens. Uh, I've seen the only thing I've seen is the awesome spot with uh, Kenny Omega standing at the lights for his entrance, and then you see the shadow of John Moxley, and he does his head crank so you know it's him, and just tackles him through the screen. It's an like, oh, amazing spot. That's all I've seen. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's the end of the NXT review. So I will be back on Tuesday. Oh my word! I've got a break. I've got a break. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> I've got a break. So I'll be back on after uh, when the Survivor Series on AD pay-per-view. Oh, you feel it. You bloody feel it. Uh, TakeOver Wargames must be arriving soon, so I must be I must uh, hit up uh, Jake Cool, the former, currently former uh, NXT Cool Points writer at Wrestling Headlines, so I'll try and get him back in at least to talk about Wargames whenever that airs. I've not been paying enough attention <laughs> to know when the TakeOver actually happens. So anyway, I'll be back on Tuesday for the Monday Night Raw review at uh, midnight um, mid well, for me it's midnight Wednesday as in uh, late, night time for Tuesday it's confusing <laughs> trying to say it like that but with uh, yeah I don't know why I'm babbling on about this anyway yeah, please do check out the other videos here on the YouTubes and here on the podcast thing for Laws of Pain slash wrestling headlines <laughs> amazing plug amazing plug you can follow me on Twitter at the damn impacat that's damn as in damn you can. I've been light on the columns because what the lockdown world, what that's done to me, I just don't have the time to really hit it. But I really want to drop some end of year stuff, or at least participate in end of year stuff. So uh, we'll see how that goes. And I, I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> so see you on Tuesday for the raw review. And what do you make of NXT? Uh, like, subscribe, hit the belly thing if you really want to make sure you know when I'm going live. Also, you can go to Pod. What's it bloody called? 
pod uh, red circle <laughs> get to red circle and that's where you can find the audio versions of this all i immediately as I've, as I've done here i go to audacity i edit it i get it ready and it goes up so it's up it's up within the hour or maybe even half hour if i'm quick enough so yes you can go check that stuff and with that i bid you adieu adios Ten.